this podcast is created on Awabakal and Waramai land. We pay our respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. Welcome into the realm of sluts and blood magic, where we work together to have more fulfilling and pleasurable relationships, sex lives and menstrual cycles. I'm your host, Jem Campbell, a sexologist, dietitian, nutritionist, period empowerment guide and menstrual blood witch. Let's get into this week's episode. I also want to chat about my upcoming mastermind, Free Your Flaps. Free Your Flaps is for vulva owners who have struggled with the appearance of their vulva and mostly with confidence in having sexual experiences due to how their vulva looks. It's going to be a two-hour workshop that runs from 11am to 1pm on the 15th of March and that is Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time, so essentially Sydney time. If you're interested in learning more and have struggled with loving how your vulva looks, in particular your labia minora, which is your inner flaps, then I really encourage you to have a look on my website and on my Instagram at the conversations that I've been having around the Free Your Flaps movement that I have started. And you can actually sign up for the waitlist. The link is in my bio. When you sign up for this waitlist, you'll be notified when tickets go live for the mastermind. So welcome back to the Blood Slut podcast. Today on the podcast, I have my lovely friend and fellow sexologist, Amy Heitzel. Um, So first of all, I'm just going to give a little intro about Amy and then we're going to head into some questions. So um, Amy is a sexologist based in Borloo, also known as Perth in Western Australia. She holds multiple years experience working as a child protection worker, a youth worker and a yoga instructor. Amy holds a graduate diploma in sexology and is undertaking her master's in sexology while she works as a project coordinator with sexual health with sexual health quarters and completed ad hoc research work. Amy has a business called The New Normal Sexology where she's focused on making sexuality inclusive for all which offers in-person workshops and online coaching. Amy's pronouns are she her but she but also enjoys they them pronouns. Hi babe. Hey babe. I think we're <laughs> starting our podcasts now. <laughs> Very cute. Um okay, so before we get into the questions, um I'll just give the listeners a little bit of a rundown what we're going to talk about today. So we're basically going to chat about how to heal unhealthy relationship patterns in order to make space for new and healthy relationships, which Mm -hmm. I think is a really important topic to talk about, especially considering so many AFABs and like anyone who socializes a girl, basically, I feel like we struggle a lot in the dating world because of like trauma and like abusive relationships and just like kind of falling into like people pleasing and you know, becoming a bit of a doormat. <laughs> a lot of mm. us have been there, you know, like poor relationship boundaries, all that stuff. So I think it's a really great topic. And thank you for picking it. Amy actually picked this topic, guys. Um, folks, sorry, I need to stop saying guys. Okay, so how are you feeling today, babe? I'm feeling very excited. And I, I feel like 
you know this topic only dropped in like a few like a week or two ago whenever we decided mm. I know you'd been wanting to get me on here for some time but yeah it, it just it, nothing dropped in until then and I think because it took so long it feels really embodied and like this is kind of ready to come out for me so yeah very excited to Fuck discuss yeah, yeah. Woo! okay <laughs> so my first question for you is my love how do you express your sexual self in the world? Mm, I thought this one was really great um, at first, despite, I guess, my life being so focused on sex, I was still thinking, hmm, how do I, you know, express this in the world? And initially sort of what came to me was questioning, not just me, but for everyone in general, questioning like what is sex to them? And I feel that a lot of people will naturally define sex as the actual physical component of engaging in like penetrative sex, let's say, for example. So because of that, I believe a lot of people focus on having experiencing their sexual selves with another human being, whether that means they want to be in a relationship or not. So I'm coming to realise over the past few years that you know, it's also possible to have a sexual relationship just with yourself by yourself. So you don't need to be in a relationship with another person or be having, you know, casual sex to actually be experiencing that. But I do notice and feel that a lot of people are moving quite, you know, unconsciously through their lives, not recognizing that they can have that relationship with themselves. And so potentially in an in a way to get closer to that part of themselves, they are engaging in relationships that may not be serving in them, like serving themselves the best. So, mm. yeah, with that being said, I definitely feel that I had ended up in quite a few relationships or situationships, potentially to get closer to that part of myself. Um, and I think like one of the ways I've learned to get closer to my sexual self without needing another person and without necessarily focusing on like self-pleasure was actually just through dance so I got really into twerk dancing probably mm. about a year ago even though I've always loved to shake my booty and like go out. <laughs> <laughs> so it almost actually changed from I used to be really obsessed with getting really drunk and getting going out to somewhere that played like the music I liked and just like throwing it back and (laughs) and then I started to go to twerk class and I kind of I kind of pulled away from like the party scene a bit and stopped getting so drunk and stopped like doing that but really started enjoying like experiencing my sexual self in this class and having people see my sexuality outside of the bedroom you know like it was normal mm. and healthy actually be seen by my friends and other people dancing you know like hyping me on and like you know you go girl and all that and I was I was loving it like it was awesome you know to be seen to be heard and to to get the attention essentially and then vice versa to see other people do that do that themselves was yeah it just I think normalized it all and even though I would have always said like I didn't hold a lot of shame around that or you know, sex needs to be in the bedroom per se. You know, it wasn't until I started doing the dancing that that really dropped in for me. So, mm. yeah, I would say that's 
that's kind of how I'm feeling about my sexual self in the world. You know, it can appear in relationships and it can appear by yourself with self-pleasure, but it can also like manifest and you can embody it in different ways outside of just what we call sex. So it could be dance, it could be, there's so many other ways, but for me, I think it's primarily dancing for sure. Yeah. That was such yeah. a fucking incredible, mind-blowing answer. I absolutely loved that. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> I, there's so much I want to comment on. I feel like I relate to you a lot in the sense that, like, a dance is definitely a way that I express my sexual self, my my sexuality. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm quite, I'd say, a sexual dancer or an erotic mm-hmm. dancer, and that yeah. definitely comes from me being just a very sexual person. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think. I've never thought about that, how like it's actually people seeing my sexual self outside of the bedroom or outside mm-hmm. of my sex life itself or my masturbation life. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes like even when I go to dance, like here in Newcastle, I do like if a song comes on and it's like a song that you have to twerk to, you know, those songs that come on, you're like, I have to twerk to this fucking song. Yeah, Like it's a crime if I don't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I like start like, you know, I start squatting down, like twerking and then I'm like, oh shit. I'm like twerking. And like, sometimes there's like kids there and stuff like, cause they come with their parents and I'm like, is this like appropriate? I'm like, I don't know. But then Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, like, I'm just like embodying like my sexuality right now. I'm just like letting it out. And I, I initially Mm -hmm. did feel quite um yeah like a resistance to it I was like oh this feels a bit like vulnerable and like edgy for me to dance like this like in front of like so many people even though they're not really staring at me because everyone else is dancing it's like ecstatic dance but yeah I I I can really feel that and because a lot of my dancing has been just like in my room by myself Mm -hmm. like recording Mm -hmm. myself for like only fans or something so it is like such a shift to take it outside of that kind of safe space isn't it totally I I was actually talking this is really funny I was Mm -hmm. talking to my cousins about this the other day we're having like a paint and sip and Mm -hmm. um perfect time to have a conversation like this as you're progressively (laughs) getting a bit intoxicated um (laughs) but I just said to my cousin I was like you know it feels so good to know that all my cousins follow me on Instagram and see what I post because then there's no like hiding like who I am or or thinking they don't know and then I'm living this double persona and again I'm not it's you know it's not that I'm having sex on my Instagram but what I post about is sex um it's all sex and it's like whether we have like OnlyFans or not whether we're like posting whatever we're posting on there to me personally it just feels so good to know that my family know who I am and I don't have to hide that Mm. and so I think presenting in the world mm, without having these like layers of shame or trying to hide anything about this sexual part of ourselves feel really good to me. So it can come in so many ways. Like you're saying the dancing, when it's appropriate, when it's not appropriate, being seen outside of the bedroom. And for me, one of them was really having a platform that talked about sex and knowing that, yeah, like my fam, like my mum follows me on there too, you know. Fuck yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's a bit like, you know, mom, if you don't want to like watch that reel, you can just close down the app. It's fine. Um, but, you know, she did knowingly and willingly follow me. So mm. I was like, there you go. You've got so, yeah, you can see what I post about. And I kind of like yeah. that there's no, like, no layers of hiding. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Do you have a dad as well? I do. I do. But we Does actually, he... I don't. 
yeah. I don't have Pim on social media yeah. at all. I don't mm-hmm. have him on Facebook and it's not mm-hmm. because we don't have a good relationship. Um, maybe I should actually friend him on Facebook. <laughs> but, he, <laughs> but he did find my TikTok once. So, and he was, he was, like, he was oh, on yeah. TikTok. My dad loves using TikTok. He's on TikTok, but not Facebook. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's like all different levels, isn't it? What a legend. I know. I don't think either of my parents have ever had any form of social media unless they like secretly do and like don't tell me. But yeah, it's, it's yeah. kind of like I like that my parents can tell me that they use social media because it's like what's wrong with them using it? You know, I don't know what yeah. he likes watching on there, but I think he just loves scrolling and watching so many silly things on there. But um, he found me one day and he commented <laughs> on my video. <laughs> and I wonder if he's watched the one that's had like 20K like views recently because I'm like, oh, my God. That oh, would my be God. Incredible. That's like, amazing. He popped off a little bit, hey? A little bit. It was just like talking about, um, what did I even talk about? Oh, something to do with sex. I can't remember now. But, yeah, I think it would be a moment for him being like, oh, this is actually what she does. This is what she's interested in doing. Yeah. You know? The word that she wants that's to almost like so much easier than actually sitting your parents down at the table and being like so yeah. mom and dad this is what I do like that would be so <laughs> awkward yeah, yeah I mean he is the person that when when he found out what I was studying he was like oh so are you going to be like Barbara Streisand now out of Meet the Poppers mm. if you've ever watched that movie I don't so, think I've ever watched it no I need to mm, mm. I, I do think it's quite incredible She's mm. just, you know, a real hippie lady that loves all sex therapy and yoga and stuff. Uh, and like, mm, right, yeah. that, like, stereotype kind of Yeah, thing, totally. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I mean, we are kind of like that, so. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, we, we kind of get it, so. Not going to deny it. Um, yeah, that's that's so cool that your parents know because I feel like for me, like, it does feel quite separate. Like, even mm. my gender identity, for example, like, mm. my family doesn't know that I'm non-binary except my mum knows mm. but I don't talk to her anymore, so that's irrelevant. But, um, yeah, I just, like, feel like there's this huge separation. Like, only one of my aunties knows that I'm non-binary and it's really weird because n- none of them are really on social media. A couple of my aunties are, but I don't really mm. know if they look at my stuff. They definitely mm. don't look at my Instagram. And I feel like if they saw it, they'd be like, what the fuck? Like blood all over my face. Like I'd have a lot to answer to. And that scares me a little bit. <laughs> Sometimes I think my parents probably choose not to ask. <laughs> yeah. They just stay silent. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I love that conversation. That was great. I think that'll be really like um, valuable for listeners. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's get on to um, the nitty gritty of the episode, Dal. Would you mind sharing with us a bit about your own dating and romantic relationship history and any unhealthy patterns that you feel like you had a tendency to fall back into? Such a big question. It is. Wow. I think firstly, like looking at what is healthy and unhealthy is really important. And I mean, I I pretty much feel that we can all agree on like some big no's for what is not acceptable so again what is healthy and not healthy for some people you know some people want to live in a polyamorous relationship and some people don't and if that conversation isn't held that could cause like some tension in the relationship too really understanding what everyone's intention is and how their relationship is meant to look and feel can be so different so I think when I'm speaking about these it's separate to those sorts of things So I think there's like the micro and the macro and for me, like the macro are things like 
you know, for me, I've personally experienced so many things that were like unhealthy. So I guess it's a bit of a trigger warning about, I won't go into detail, um, but, you know, just, you know, I experienced some physical harm, like experienced threats, feeling unsafe, verbal abuse and those sorts of things. And so unfortunately, I feel like that's a lot of stuff that a lot of people experience when they're navigating young relationships, particularly, you know, sometimes these are the first times that you do ever experience this. And when that's the case, I think it can be quite confronting and quite shocking. So you think it's never going to happen to you and then it does. And understanding how to navigate and move your way out of it can be a little bit tricky. And so for me, I never found myself in long-term relationships where they were present. You know, they would sort of, and it wasn't every relationship. It might be one person, this person, that person. And I would say they would probably last for between two to four months, let's say, that sort of short-lived relationship. And so I did see quite a lot of that happening mm, scattered throughout out my life, really, from, from even like being 19, you know, being pressured to have sex when you don't want to. So I think understanding that you don't need to accept this kind of behavior is very important to acknowledge. But I almost feel like that's a whole nother podcast that we can go into on that or you may want to cover as well. Like I said, I don't want to get too deep on that because it can be quite triggering, I feel. Yeah. Um, but if you, but if you are wanting to get into it, we could totally open that up a little bit more and like flesh that out a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I think, you know, after I've sort of considered what is and what isn't healthy, I can really see what went wrong in all my relationships. You know, I started dating, I had my first boyfriend at 19. And I think from the get-go, I very much was like, well, this isn't going to last because it's like, puppy love you know I I wasn't in love with him I had a great time I developed a good friendship with him and I had a lot of fun and we had a lot of mutual friends and we lasted for about a year um toward the end I would say we probably weren't that good to each other and then that sort of you know fell apart had a little bit of free time and before I knew it, I started dating someone um for about three years on and off in total but we always had breakups and getting back togethers so I wouldn't say it was because of anything extremely toxic. It was more just that we thought we were like each other's eternal love, but like we were also struggling with being in our early 20s and wanting to live our lives, but like we couldn't do it without each other. And it was very like dramatic and it was very like passionate. But I sort of look back and I think, was that actually love? I think it was love for the time, for the age I was. But mm-hmm. looking back retrospectively, I get quite confused how I experience that as love. Yes. So, mm-hmm. and I'm still in contact to him with him till today. You know, I occasionally send him like Merry Christmas messages or Happy Birthday. You know, we do like care about each other, but we don't need to see each other. So that is how it is. It's quite like a contained connection with each other. I think mm-hmm. it was like we had a really good time when we were in our early 20s and it meant a lot, but that's not it now um so there was him and then there was you know a couple others that were like a few months a few months here and there and then that was up until like my mid-20s and when I was about 27 one of my friends and housemates she introduced me to tinder <laughs> and <laughs> everything changed <laughs> really I had always met someone in person and I was just used to this narrative of meeting them and I guess we would like go on a date usually just for a drink I was young and like that was kind of the cool thing to do and then we'd usually start having sex pretty early on 
and then we just kind of end up in a relationship. So I don't think I was particularly consciously choosing them or they were consciously choosing me. Um, but it was always, I have sex and then I get love. So I was really, um, love, however that looked, you know, Mm -hmm. relationship. And so in my mind, I think I really associated sex equals relationship or sex equals love. And so I started going on these Tinder dates and I was like so naive and I ended up in my first Oh, actually, my first situationship, I did meet him at a club, but it very much has the same feeling to a Tinder date, to be honest. Um, So I was dating him and, you know, months went by and I was like, where is this going? And he told me where it was going. And I was like, well, oh, well, if it's going there, we might as well just end things. So I think he was a little bit shocked. But, you know, I guess I was like, well, this isn't, you know, it's been nice, but it's going to end. So then I met someone that probably changed the whole way that I think I started to navigate dating. And I was dating him for a few months. Typical Amy. I usually had a three-month rule. By three months, I'd get bored and I would dump them. That had happened to me a lot in my 20s. (laughs) I just was like, I can't, like, this is boring. I've got something else better to do, you know, or someone else I can get attention from. Yeah. And that was really normal for me. I think it's because like I came into realizing that like I was an attractive young woman and I hadn't really got much attention in high school and it started after high school and I was like, oh, oh, this is what people go through in high school. Like now I'm going through it, right? So fast forward, I'm about 27 or 8 and I meet this guy on Tinder and I am love bombed for the first time in my life, I think. It is grand. It is huge. We go on a date bender, which lasts a weekend. By this point, I've met his mother, his sister. I've met all his best friends. Oh my I've God. even seen the house that he was building in Perth. And it was like, and I was like, oh, my God, this person really likes me. Like, pick. He, Holy pick, shit. Pick. Amy, do you mind explaining to the listeners what love bombing is for those of those of them who don't know? Yeah, essentially, like, and it sounds self-explanatory to me, right? But anyone that doesn't know, it's essentially like you don't really know this person and for them to be giving you love, it's a little bit too early on. So things that they might say or things that they might do to really shower you in, let's say, love or affection or attention, you know, it would be bringing you flowers to work or booking really fancy dinners or, you know, telling you that you're the most beautiful person they've ever met and you're the smartest person they've ever met and just really hyping you up and doing the most for you, like literally showering you in love. Yeah, it's like really exaggerated Mm. stuff, isn't it? So exaggerated Mm. and it's kind of a bit, you know, I actually, I don't know if this sounds rude, but this is how I word it to myself. I don't deserve that love right now. Like I deserve you to say, I'm really enjoying spending time with you. You make me laugh. Um, I'll I'll get you this dinner or let's go halves in this or, you know, oh, wow, you know, let's go roller skating. Oh, you're actually like really good at roller skating. Thank you. Like I'm not actually though. But, you know, like age appropriate or milestone appropriate uh, comments and and things that would be, you, you know, it's a compliment that is relevant to how long you've known them knowing someone for a week or a month and them doing these things for you is so it's just not healthy and I think if you've not had it before or if you're used to only accepting this type of you know quote-unquote love 
you're just going to be looking for this. And as soon as it happens, you're going to grab it and you're going to run with it. And so when he did all this stuff for me and he was giving me all these beautiful words and all this attention, I was like, wow, you know, I've not had this before. This is fantastic. (laughs) Um, And I was like on this fucking roller coaster. I was hella high. And he was the biggest extrovert and really funny. And, you know, I was like, man, this is my soulmate. Like, this is the only one for me I've found. Oh, it was just, you know, looking back and going cringe, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. because that's another thing I think is really important, which we can talk about later. But thinking about your soulmate or the one, you know, it's really a scarcity mindset when it comes to love and dating. You know, we need to be thinking in abundance. If you're all about manifesting and abundance anyway, then why aren't we applying it to our relationships and mm-hmm. to love? So by saying he's the only one, well, of course, I'm going to hang on for dear life and pray that he's going to pick me and that it's going to work out because there ain't no one else out there but in actual reality like of course there is there's so Mm -hmm. many human beings on this earth so I went through some stuff with him and um it was probably very life-changing for me because I ended up finding out I was pregnant with him and he was at the same time cheating on me with his ex so I found it looking back retrospectively you know me being 30 now even though it wasn't long ago I just feel like she was a little girl back then I should have been like it's okay like giving me hugs and saying like you don't need to accept this behavior you need to end things right now and look after yourself but for me back then I so desperately wanted it to work out with him and I wanted an answer from him I didn't want to have to make the choice myself I wanted him to tell me what was happening and you know, this and that happened and it was pretty turbulent to be fair. And I don't think I behaved in or acted in, you know, the best way possible, but I think it was a little bit hard given the circumstances. Um, And so fast forward to me having the abortion, you know, I was, we weren't even necessarily in a relationship, but just for ease of wording this, essentially he dumped me the day before And then, yeah, like blocked me on all social accounts and I'd never heard from him since. And it was like a really eye-opening moment for me because I genuinely thought he really loved me. I genuinely thought we were building something together. But in hindsight, I was like a really exciting moment for him. Like I was giving him a high and I was giving him like attention and I was feeding that ego of his and he was feeding my ego it was you know back and forth and um it isn't consistent and it wasn't stable um and yeah love bombing it's something that I really look out for these days mm. um because I don't think much good comes from it I think you almost <coughs> have to, I think you almost have to deserve the love I know that might sound a little bit negative but no it's blunt and to the point and we need yeah. to hear it mm-hmm. oh, good because giving you can't give your love away freely and you can't accept love easily you know it's I think you can get a gut feeling if you enjoy the person and you like the person and you appreciate them and you have respect for them they're all very different to I think this thing called love and almost I think love is all of those things just together and then deciding what you want your connection with that person to be you know what do you want it to be so after that after that incident with that person I really hated cisgendered men I couldn't stand them I couldn't look at them 
it was just yeah it was really difficult that time luckily I had a few um like cisgendered male friends um and they yeah really I think allowed me to kind of believe in them again and I'd say you know six or so months later I started my dating and I still allowed a lot of situationships in I still hadn't quite learned I was a really slow learner like it was so difficult um and you know they were good people but like not for me or not wanting what I wanted and I could never quite say what I wanted it was almost like I was embarrassed to say I wanted a relationship you know I was very much I think victim to that that sickening and cringy um stereotype of like I'm the cool girl Mm -hmm. at lots of points you know early on in my 20s I was not like I was savage I dumped everyone I got bored and then later in my 20s I it had totally flipped Mm. <laughs> relationship I just want someone to stay with me <laughs> it, was so di- it was so different and I'm like is this my karma like I was so horrible to so many people I dated in my early 20s you know and anyway towards the middle-ish of 2021 I yeah I went celibate had a big break um self-pleasure was still a thing so that was included like that's not going but um yeah I stopped dating and then in 2022 I yeah like consciously started dating um and put some sort of rules around that for myself like when and how so yeah during 2022 I was doing like a lot of conscious dating and well, as conscious I felt I could be you know I had a lot of rules for myself because I knew that I think I could easily stray from what I wanted so I made myself go on day dates and the earlier the better so I live right by the beach so you know you wouldn't it wouldn't be unheard of for me to go down for like nine o'clock for a coffee or something like that or a swim so yeah I really liked doing like going to the beach or getting a coffee at the beach or did a little bit of rock climbing or just like walks and stuff um so anything that was maybe more physical or outdoors I really liked just you know getting like the good endorphins going and like good conversation seeing how they responded you know away from the masking of alcohol and how I responded away from the masking of alcohol as well so I tried to avoid you know nighttime dates and alcohol dates um and that essentially was was pretty much the only rule I gave myself you know I didn't really say you have to wait x amount of time to have sex you know I wanted to have sex when I felt comfortable to have sex so I found myself the first person I was spending quite a bit of time with in 2022 um yeah we didn't really get very intimate until probably three months in and then we did and things totally changed so when things changed I tried to yeah end things as quick as I could so that happened and then a few months later I met someone else we did a lot of bush hikes we did a lot of like rock climbing we yeah just did a lot of like painting at home and we'd like eventually I got to enjoying like alcohol with them as well you know we would enjoy like red wine and painting at their house and just like wholesome things and I was really enjoying getting to know them and I think we probably spent time together for about three months before I decided to have sex with them too and when I did again things changed and you know when I say changed I mean they pull away and they start to yeah the dynamic just changes so I think at this point in time I was you know very strong in myself having 
gone for almost a year without sex and without dating. I was very like comfortable with myself to say that's okay. So I just went on a bunch of speed dates a few months after that. I'd go on one to three dates with each person. And I just went on a bunch of dates with different people. And again, it was just morning dates, coffees, things like that. Really like wholesome and cute, really focusing on not do they like me, but do I like them essentially, which I found important for myself. So Mm. yeah, after I did that quite a few times, I wasn't really into any of them. So I tried to tell them as quickly as I could and that they're nice people. They just weren't someone I wanted to be with. Um, And then, yeah, like I had one really cool night where I think I manifested my current partner. I don't know if you want me to go into that now or in a little bit later in the potty, but I can tell you. No, fuck it, do it now, it flows. Fuck it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Can yeah, I just yeah, say okay. before you go on, yeah. can yeah. I just comment, fuck me, yeah. so incredible that you and both of those, um, in both of those like relationship or friendships, whatever, that you waited three months to have sex with them. That's insane. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Because like (laughs) there was one like there was and when I did end up having sex, I was like, oh, my God, I can't take this any longer. Like, fuck me. Like this. (laughs) Like it wasn't the first one wasn't like penetrative, you know, but like, we, yeah, we still had sex like in that. Yeah. Which I think is important for listeners to know, like when we say sex, we're not just talking about penetrative sex. We're talking about all things that go along with it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's that distinction to acknowledge as well. Um, But yeah, I think it wasn't that I was doing it out of purity culture. It wasn't that, oh, he's going to respect me if I, you know, wait X amount of time. It was just like I wasn't comfortable yet. Like I didn't want to share that part of myself with them yet. And I waited until I felt that it felt safe enough in a way um, and safe enough in a way that if they did pull away, I would be okay. And essentially like both of them pulled away and it was a little bit tough. But like I got myself through it. It wasn't too bad. Um, I think I'm just a very sensitive person and I really love affection. And so I found dating quite difficult, to be honest. You're a little um, cancer baby. I know. I know. <laughs> so in my feels, but like only when it suits me, because if it doesn't suit me, I'm like cutthroat. So <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. And seeing the distinction between being in my early 20s and now, it's just so funny. Um, yeah, so thank you. Yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't hard waiting, but I think when I made the decision, I was like, I want more, you know, mm-hmm. I, opened, I unlocked that door. I was like, yeah. um, yeah, so yeah. So then, yeah, I, I did my little speed dates with everyone that was, you know, fun and good vibes for me and like not really any attachments. And I was just learning to say no, like learning to be like, that, that that's not for me. No, thank you. Like you're really nice, but no, thank you um and I had a few months of just chill quiet time and one night my housemate and friend Sarah we pulled out her tarot cards and her deck is fucking fantastic we always get a really good reading with them so for so long I'd been focusing on like doing study and work when I do my tarot cards I'd wanted to know what my career like held yeah but this night I wanted to know about love and relationships so I held her deck and I really meditated it with it. I had my eyes closed and I said all the things that I was like kind of wanting, you know, not like, you know, they're this tall and they look like this and they had this color hair. Like I wasn't thinking about that shit. Yeah. I was thinking about, I was like, I want someone who can teach me stuff. 
I want to teach someone things. I want us to feel at ease and relax and I want to have fun. I want to have good conversations. I want to be respected. I want to respect them. I want a healthy relationship. I want to grow together. I want to travel together. Like all the all the healthy things I wanted. That's like I just kept saying these things over and over again. Like this is what I'm wanting to call in. I'm ready for them wherever they are. I'm ready for them to come. Um however long that may be sort of thing and then I just asked like the universe to tell me what I needed to know in relation to relationships love sex um without really having a hold on you know what I needed I just said that's what I that's what I'm wanting to call in and what do I need to know how can you guide me and um, I pulled a past a present and a future card and the past card summarized the person that I ended up pregnant to summarize that situation to a T. I was gobsmacked. Um, mm. The present was essentially like a summary of, you know, you've been working on yada, 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 good for you sort of thing. I'm like, yeah, all right, that sounds good. Um, and the future one was like, you know, you're going to meet this person. They're going to they're gonna be quite uh, like methodical and like planned and, you know, this way and that way and quite structured. And, Are they a Virgo? <laughs> no no like he's a gemini and um yeah so damn must have like a virgo like there's definitely virgo in his chart somewhere for fuck's sake there has to be we can do that when you're over like yes please his natal chart i must investigate (laughs) Um, oh no we're not compatible at all you're a gemini and i'm a cancer oh god um but we pushed through that ridiculousness and um yeah and yeah like it was just really saying he's going to be like very dependable and reliable and you know sort of put together in this way and I was like I'm not used to someone like that like that doesn't sound like any fun you know like I'm used to someone love bombing me and like taking advantage Mm. and like me around and I had kind of gotten used to that narrative which is really shit no one should stand for that but unfortunately I had I really had to change my narratives around that sort of stuff um and so I thought, okay, well, that does sound nice. That sounds really nice, but I, I don't know, like, if that's for me. Like, I'm not sure. And then I sort of just forgot about it, but kind of secretly hoping that some fantastic person would enter my life. And anyway, I carried on with life, and I decided to hop on Tinder, like, weeks later or something. And anyway, I matched with this this person called Pete, and I thought he was really goofy in his photos and just, like, super sexy, and, like, his bio made no sense at all. And I was like, who who the fuck made this bio for this this person? Like, <laughs> I, think his, I think his, like, boss said to put it in. I don't know. And he asked me out for a drink in the city on a Saturday night. These, weren't part, that, these were not in alignment with any of my rules. Mm. And for some reason I just thought, this person seems really safe. I don't know. So I went. And it was a really nice day and we just kept dating. And, yeah, he does, like, very much. He is very methodical and consistent and reliable and grounded. And he makes up all the things that I don't do or can't do, he's good at or he he does. And all the things, like, he's clean and he's ordered and he's good with, like, numbers and just being, like, logical. And I'm, like, more creative and, like, more humanitarian-based. And we mm. just think in, like, kind of different ways. Mm. but at the end of the day we want to achieve the same thing so yeah we it, we're probably dating for about three or so months and I think pretty early on both of us knew that we wanted something with each other but for me I wanted to make sure that he was a good choice for me and that it was a healthy choice and that 
only time could show like his true colors and I mean how much time do I give to a person you know a year do I date them for a year two years that's a bit too much for me so but for the listeners depends you have to make that decision yourself right so after about three or four months we had a conversation about being in a relationship and I said I would like it but I just want to wait a little bit longer for whatever reason I just needed to wait a little bit longer so actually I was so proud of myself I could have, you know, he was handing the relationship to me on a silver platter and I was like, not today. And we had the conversation mm-hmm. again quite soon after, a couple of weeks later. And, yeah, we just very casually agreed to commit, commit whatever to each other, be in, be in a relationship. Um, and, yeah, we've been, I mean, since we met, it's been about six months. Um, but, yeah, it's it's wonderful and it's and it's different and thing that I find fascinating that I've really acknowledged in myself is that this relationship is like there was no grand gesture of like love from the get-go you know like it was just real and everything that Pete has done is always authentic and genuine but there is no like grand like grand gesture of love there is no extreme highs and behaviors so that means there's also never really any lows so it's just consistency and it's stable. And for mm-hmm. some people, they might find that boring. And I really <sighs> talked to Pete about this. I was like, I think it's normal to feel a bit bored sometimes in a relationship. I think oh, that's yeah. Dude, I'm so glad you've said this because I have struggled so much with this in my relationship with Brody. because much like you mm. and Pete, we have a very healthy relationship. And I was the mm. same as you. I was used to being love-bombed. I was in so many abusive relationships with toxic shit happening and I was so used to these highs and lows and there was never that consistency and I would never get bored because of all this drama. And then with Brody, I would get really bored because I get really bored very easily with ADHD. And I was like, oh, no, I need to leave this. Like I started getting really like anxious and fearful and I was like, I need to leave this relationship. This isn't working. Like, you know, like this like resistance to it because you're like, why is it so boring? It shouldn't be boring. (laughs) Yeah, and it's a really like new thing to, to experience if you haven't had much of this or you haven't had it for a long time or, you know, I think, I might have had some healthiest relationships when I was younger, but of course they looked a bit different because I was younger. And, you know, I just feel like like being around 30, I'm wanting something different from a relationship now. Um, I very much love the, I guess, the long-term idea together. I really love like kind of building a life together. It sounds like fantastic. And it's not about like settling down and being bored. There's so many opportunities and things to do in the world together. So there's never a lack of things that you can create in your relationship but I think it is getting unco- getting comfortable with ambiguity um, and sometimes not and also not always you know being on a fucking high being on a roller coaster you know mm. slow and steady wins the race essentially you know it's if you think you're rushing just take a breath and slow down like your relationship is never in a rush to get anywhere you don't need to achieve anything you don't need to prove anything to anybody. You don't need to do anything particular to look a particular way. Like however the relationship feels good for you is great. And you just have to get comfortable in being uncomfortable sometimes in that relationship because, mm. you know, there's days where like, I'm sorry, there's days where I'm going to be studying and I'm going to be sitting on the couch ignoring you. Like that's not very fun, but it's what I need to do. Yeah. And there's going to be days where 
he doesn't want to give me attention because he's like doing his own thing too and I have to deal with that as well and that's okay um mm-hmm. and I think every step you take I can only imagine living together would be something completely different that I've never experienced and that one day I will experience and I'll have so much more to learn about that as well but I think a big takeaway for anyone listening that has had issues with relationships that we're talking about with love bombing or situationships or you know not speaking up for what you want ask yourself do you get bored like why like what's why are you having fun like what's the thing that gives you fun in the relationship and really discussing anything around boredom like why do you leave are you leaving because you're not getting attention are you leaving because you're not feeling heard are you leaving because you know there's a you're not going out clubbing every weekend or you're not it's yeah it's different for everybody but yeah and I talked to Pete about this and he's like yeah I suppose you know relationships yeah I guess that's kind of normal isn't it? it's kind of healthy and I and I was just glad I wasn't saying he was boring or I was boring it was just this is kind of reality because when you're in the world and you're you know single um well you're not always turning it on for yourself you're kind of just I mean like maybe you're reading a book in silence or maybe you're just staring at the ceiling while you eat your lunch or like I don't know it's there's so many pockets of stillness and silence when you live single I think Mm. and so if you're living with someone else in your life that closely they need to understand just because things aren't loud and exciting it's not because they don't love you it's because they're just a human being Exactly. And we all have different needs and it it can be really scary to actually bring up that conversation with your Mm. partner if you're relatively happy in the relationship and it's quite stable Mm. and you're really in love with the person. It's actually quite scary to bring up with them that sometimes you feel bored or that it's boring Mm. sometimes Mm. because you feel like a bit of a dog (laughs) because everything's so a bit of a dog because everything's you know so speaking of dogs can you hear Bella barking in the background um oh she's woofing about anyway um (laughs) I think yeah I I really struggled personally to bring that up with Brody because I didn't want to offend them I didn't want them to tell my partner that our relationship feels boring to me sometimes and I'm assuming if I felt like I have quite I'm I'm quite good with communicating things in relationships and I can be quite direct and blunt. Mm. So I can't even mm. imagine how other people would feel, people who maybe don't have uh, communication that's as direct mm-hmm. as mine. That might be a really difficult thing to bring up with your partner and to just have a conversation about it, which is important, to just be like, look, I feel frigging bored sometimes. Like, <laughs> is this normal? Like, are you okay? Like, are we good? You know? Yeah, sometimes mm. naming it is probably the biggest well the first step to be honest and being bored isn't a negative thing like there's we don't have to attach good or bad to it I guess Mm. it's just okay so why are we bored what do we want to be doing more of or less of you know but then also we can't always be doing stuff and making things exciting so I think focusing on like self-regulating and making sure that you have a life outside of your partner if you're bored Mm. that's kind of sometimes that's your problem yeah (laughs) you need to go do something for yourself yeah so you know we can't always hold our partners accountable like we have to take a lot of responsibility for how we're feeling um Mm. yeah so your words are making my nipples so hard babe like so good (laughs) just really hits everything you're saying I'm like that's that's yes this episode is going to be so fucking good that was only the first question huh (laughs) (laughs) um no that was honestly fabulous thank you so much um now, the next question I had, um, which was 
basically you've already answered it to be honest um but something that you said when we were texting about um this a few a few days ago was you said I'm in awe and sometimes disbelief about this beautiful relationship I've found myself in which is like oh how cute (laughs) it's very cute cute, isn't it I'm like oh god I'm such like a love struck little muffin or whatever I don't know how I would word it um how crazy though that you went from like from running away from this like Mm -hmm. avoidance you were like no bye like three months in Mm -hmm. and then you met those two people and you had those like you know you were seeing them for a few months then you realized that they're not really for you and then you had that asshole one Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and now you're here at 30 with this beautiful partner who seems to just meet all of your needs and you're so fulfilled and content like I'm just so happy for you because I know how good that feels to finally get there because you feel like you're never going to get there sometimes. You just feel like you're going around in circles, like in your 20s, you're like, am I ever going to find the one or the ones or whatever, you know? Yeah, and I think that was when I took that year, I think the reason why I found that I was in awe and disbelief, not because I didn't deserve it, but because I I didn't think it was coming as soon as it came. So Mm. You know, I, I spent that year being celibate and then when I sort of re-entered the dating and I was saying yes, but then no, yes, but then no, and then no, 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 no. Like, you know, I was really learning to be assertive and to be like, I'm I'm the boss of my own life. Like I get to decide what happens. And, you know, I just didn't, I didn't expect that, that mindset of that like love and relationship is abundance. I didn't expect that to drop in so quickly, you know, as soon as I pulled that tarot, or as soon as I held that tarot deck and I said, I'm not fucking around, I'm sick and tired of my bullshit that has just been existing for the past few years. Um, I'm so tired and I'm so exhausted of allowing myself to get into these situations. I just want something healthy. I don't care if it's boring. Like I just want something healthy and I'm ready for it. Like I'm ready to commit myself to someone. And I think all along I probably chose people that were like, not great for me because I just I don't actually think I wanted to commit myself and Mm. I also there was another point but I think I'll talk about that later too but yeah so I think I just really I was in awe that happened so quickly you know I'd done that work um and retrospectively Amy before that would have thought oh it can't come soon enough like but looking back it took hardly any time to fall into place um I'm in disbelief because I hadn't met someone so kind in so long and I hadn't met someone so genuine in so long. And so I don't just want to sit here and say, you know, like it's all about manifesting and it's about you. It's not always you because I went to therapy and I talked to my therapist about this stuff and he said, "Mm, the way that dating is currently, it's, to be honest, probably quite hard with people's values in the world. You know, they can be quite superficial and (coughs) ego-driven. So you know, you can have really good intentions and good boundaries and you can still come up against people that challenge those boundaries. So I, I think there's a lot of factors playing into this and I wasn't sure where, you know, these people that like relationships and like building them and cultivating love, I didn't really knew that they, I didn't know that they still existed. Like it had just been so long since I met a relationship type of person and I felt a little bit of shame that I maybe was one of them. And like having met Pete, like he's clearly one of those people. He's 
pretty much to my knowledge only been in a lot of relationships you know like not a lot of relationships but you know the connections he's had they have all they've all been relationships and a lot of his best friends all in relationships and it's so different for me being in a world of people who are like so happily with someone else like I'm very much used to meeting people who didn't want that and I think just acknowledging that there's people in the world who actually just don't want relationships and that's totally fine it's not necessarily a phase that you grow out of it's that sometimes people genuinely don't want a relationship and they could go into their 40s 50s 60s die not wanting a relationship and that's their prerogative Mm. and it's up to them in their life how they choose to spend their life but I do believe I was probably meeting a lot of people like that and I just didn't believe in myself enough to say no and so, yeah, I'm in awe and disbelief that I've been able to stand up for myself and to put boundaries in place and to take care of myself. And then, you know, because of that, I actually fucking finally found someone who I'm like, you know what? Yeah, this person's pretty all right. Like, I'm super stoked that I came across them and that I didn't just say, like, fuck it, let's get in a relationship after a month or, like, let's just, you know, yeah Mm. you really took your time like you really allowed yourself to get to know them before making that decision it was really calculated in a good way yeah and I don't know what his lived experience was for maybe holding off of the relationship or things like that um I think he probably (laughs) wanted one probably quite early as well but maybe he was a bit shy to say it I'm not too sure um but for me I was probably a little bit shy but more so just wanting to know that I could trust him and that he could trust me I think Mm. there's no point making it a relationship if if we were yeah not going to I guess um yeah we weren't going to have something some healthy foundation to jump off of yeah yeah cool thank you so much for sharing okay so I will I feel like you've kind of briefly touched on this but I'm just gonna maybe um ask you it again if there's anything that maybe you haven't mentioned so you've talked to me about timing and how if you had gone into this relationship at an earlier stage in your life like this relationship with Pete Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. it would have been destroyed (laughs) and not worked out (laughs) (laughs) yeah I know I'm so over the top I am too I'd love it feed off it I know I just feel like a young Amy would have just been oh my attention span was so bad you know I loved the attention like I said you know I briefly touched on it and I think it was because I didn't really experience it in high school and so it was like I was a little bit of a late bloomer you know yeah and um yeah I, I just think if I had have met Pete any earlier on uh poor thing would have been subject to me you know like making out with you know and if it's consensual this is all chill but like you know I would be making out with behind his back probably making out with a bunch of people at a club or yeah you know texting someone that I wasn't meant to be or cheating on him yeah like that but maybe in a different way or just ignoring him or like yeah just dumping him after x amount of time because I was bored yeah so and I really do apologize to anyone that I did that too when I was young. You know, I was, I was fucking dumb. I've all been there. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking dumb. And I don't know if I want to say it's a normal age appropriate milestone to go through, but I just really felt I did not have the capacity to balance someone's someone else's needs and my needs. You know, I always found I was a sensitive person that cared for people, 
And I think I did genuinely care for a lot of the people I spent time with when I was younger, but I just didn't have enough capacity to care more than myself. <laughs> I was quite selfish. Oh, yeah. Aren't we all yeah. when we're in our early 20s? Don't, yeah, we, just, don't give a fuck. Like, We've just moved out of home. We're like, the world is my oyster. Yeah. Yeah, literally. And, oh, gosh, yeah. Anyway, but I've said this I've said this to Pete and, like, you know, he said the same thing. I'm like, oh, you're so cute when you were, like, 20 and they love that hair on you when you're, like, 25. And he's like, oh, God, I'm glad you do. You didn't meet me when I was any younger. And I think both of us, by the sounds of it, have really worked on how we are in a dynamic with another person and that both of us are here and now ready to commit to each other. Um, you know, I don't know exactly how his past relationships looked, but he too said that he felt selfish in them or he would forget things and, you know, that was a big thing for us maybe a few maybe a month or so ago you know I actually raised him I felt that he wasn't remembering and I wasn't being heard and I was feeling a little bit upset about that and he responded so well and he was like I don't want you to ever feel like that I used to be like that in other relationships and um you know I think we just had a really clear transparent discussion around our needs and past Amy would have never been able to call it how it was um and I think it took me a little bit of time to realize what was happening in my mind a couple of weeks to realize oh like, that's actually how I'm feeling mm-hmm. um yeah so you know I think just because you've started a relationship that's probably the easiest part like people need to acknowledge that when you're in it actually takes a little bit of work and it takes time and you need to spend time and energy putting and growing that relationship, making it healthy and fun and loving and spacious and all the things you want in it. Mm, Absolutely. Um, I think that's really, really important for young people to hear because I Mm. think we get frustrated when we're, like, in our late teens, even, like, through our mid-20s, if we haven't Mm -hmm. found a long-term relationship, Is that if that's something that we desire. I think we Mm. get really caught up in, like, oh, like I'm never going to find them. So we meet someone who we click with and we maybe like there's sexual energy or there's like chemistry and we like kind of settle for them without actually waiting it out and being patient and actually testing the waters before jumping all in. And then we get really caught up and then there's feelings involved and then maybe there's these highs and lows and we get addicted to that. And then, you know, as opposed to kind of just waiting like you did, waiting a few months, then having sex if it goes that way. And Mm. then you can decide, okay, do I want to keep getting to know this person or is this just not right for me? And then worst case scenario, you just have a friend. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Or you can just choose not to have them in your life as well. Yeah. Decision. Um, It is, is, I think, can be hard. It doesn't have to be. I think we need to remind ourselves it's only as hard as we make it and, you know, navigating these things can be really simple and can be really easy. And I think, you know, we consume so much, so many TV shows and movies and hear things from our friends and dating gossip and drama. And it's probably we say we don't like drama, we don't like this. And But I feel that, you know, even if you're saying that subconsciously, you're probably making your life harder than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you deserve bliss? Don't you deserve space? Don't you deserve ease and flow? Like, if you don't believe that you deserve a spacious, easy lifestyle, then you're not 
probably going to manifest and attract a partner that is going to treat you in such a way. Mm. So I think really starting to unlearn and relearn how you live your life is going to really lay like a foundation for everything in your life, including relationships. Yeah. Careers, friends, family. Not necessarily always because it's not always you, but it does it does help, I think, at times. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. I think, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's like doing that deep inner work and actually asking yourself, am I just doing this out of like validation or instant gratification or am I just horny? You know, is this just sexual attraction? Actually asking yourself those questions rather than just like doing it and not actually like taking a step back. And like sitting with yeah. yourself and actually tuning in and like checking in with yourself. Yeah, really, but, really agree with that. Yeah. And because so oh, I think yeah. when we're young, yeah, we don't like meditate on this stuff. We don't actually sit with it and no. like journal about it and process it. We're just yeah. like so caught up. It's like this literally like a whirlwind. We're like, whoa, like, you know, we get so <laughs> caught up in the chaos. Yeah, literally horny washing machine, and we're just like yeah, getting yeah. thrown around. We're like, yes, it's so exciting! Woo! It's like it's roller coaster so ride. Yeah. yeah, and then like our social life might be blooming, and then we've got busy work yeah. life, so we're not having any time solo. Yeah, to actually like, uh, I think just decompress and allow everything to settle in and go. Oh, okay, like, what do I actually want? How do I actually want this to feel? Mm. How do I actually want this to look? Yeah, yeah. Am I jumping into or ulterior motive like do I need to be validated do I think I'm not pretty enough do I think I'm not smart enough or is mm. there a void in my life am I not happy with something and this person's distracting me you know mm. there's so many of that sort of stuff yeah it's having the awareness around your insecurities and maybe your yeah. feelings of inadequacy rather mm. than just like kind of bypassing that and just being like I'm yeah. fine even though you know in the back of your head we all have insecurities there's not one human being on this planet it doesn't yeah. matter how much work you do on yourself Mm -hmm. there's always going to be like some kind of little insecurity that pops up at some point and you need to have awareness around those things yeah it's not about getting rid of them it's about learning how to respond and react in like you're saying a more aware like conscious way yeah and just like acknowledging being like okay I'm really insecure about Mm. about my body or my hair Mm. or Mm. something and you're like, is that why I'm like settling for anyone or settling yeah. for the first person that shows interest in me because I'm scared yeah. that yes. no one else, like I'm fearful that no one else yeah. will like me or be attracted to me because, yeah. and that that's festering and stemming from that insecurity and that there needs to be like links made in your in your mind and that's why therapy is so good because your psychologist can reflect that back to you and psychologists mm-hmm. are really good at connecting dots and links that you don't see <laughs> it's almost yeah. like deepening those pathways that you haven't walked before you know you've walked this path so many times before that path is so deeply ingrained it's the easy default way home mm. but taking this alternative way maybe you haven't done it before or maybe it's just a lightly walked path and it's just not as well known not as comfortable so yeah very true point very yeah Mm. wise words Uh, you too doll thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of blood slut don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening app so you don't miss an episode 
part two is coming next week and we're going to chat all about boundaries, communication, how to have a meaningful life outside of your relationship dynamic. We're also going to touch on assertive communication and also self-worth and self-love and how to start cultivating and lifting your sense of self-worth so that you can have more meaningful, pleasurable and fulfilling relationships. It would mean so much to me if you could leave a review or a rating. So on Spotify, they have like a rating system. So it's out of five stars. If you love the pod, give me a five star, babe. And on Apple Podcasts, I'm pretty sure it's a review. I don't know about Google Podcasts and other apps, but just check it out. And yeah, just leave me a kind review. (laughs) It really helps the visibility of the podcast so we can reach as many sluts as possible.